to inform you, Mr. Christopher J. Swick, that I'm not playing the, the Yard Goats Eat It Up as our intro music this week. I know you wanted uh, it. I know the people wanted off, it. But not, not J. Not J for the middle name. Secondly, I am heartbroken <laughs> because I'm a big fan of that song. I just, I just picked an initial. I thought, I thought Christopher <laughs> J. Swick would sound, would sound pretty good. But, uh, yeah, yeah. CJ, you know what I'll do? I'd, I'd, I'd probably go by CJ then. You know, CJ Swick. That that sounds that you know what you sound like. That would sound like a uh, like top rated high school basketball recruit. CJ okay. Swick, right? Uh, like a, I don't you're, know. You're a, you're a, you're a high ranking shooting guard for your high school basketball team, and you are deciding between colleges. Are there a lot of strong Polish basketball prospects? <laughs> I'm going to call that into question right now. <laughs> well, we didn't play the Hartford Yard Goats, but if you if you haven't heard it, I suggest you go check out the theme song because Chris loves it. And you know what I'll do? I'll play it. I'll play it after this segment. How about that? I will play it as the outro music to uh, to that. I played some Ra Ra Riot with Absolutely to start the start the show today. This is the Stew Pod, by the way, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz, and I am Chris Swick. We have established you are Christopher J. Swick. Um, but uh, yeah, people can call you Chris. You know that works. Yes. You are officially now my, uh, I guess, second, fa- third favorite uh, big league stew writer since we got Larry King on. Uh, True. Yeah. On, on Homer history. Larry King outranks you. That's fair. That's that's tough, but fair. Yeah. The we should we should maybe mention the Homer history series because uh, I guess we're both biased, but I think it's really great. And I would encourage people to go back and read it. And basically what it is is just uh, some of us writers at Yahoo and some celebrities and actors and whatever Larry King is, TV personalities, maybe musicians, I don't know. Uh, Who knows, man? Who knows what's coming? They've all chimed in on some of their... I don't know if if it's even favorite home runs in history. Memorable home runs in history. And so I think... You have a really good mix of uh, of different people from different places, and also a good mix of of home runs. There's a couple that are just heartbreaking. There's a couple that are that just caused complete and utter elation among the the writer. And so, I, I love the idea. But again, I'm pretty biased. And shout out to our friends at. Uh, Ball don't lie at the basketball blog because they did this first with dunk history, and I feel like we've we've taken the pass from them to to keep the metaphor going. Yes, and uh, you know we are we are now dribbling it down the floor, and uh, I think we're doing good. So go read those. And if you're a dedicated podcast listener, you will notice that last week on the podcast we or or I basically extracted Chris's Homer history yeah. story from him, and then it ended up on the blog this week. So. That's if true. You got you got me to remember some things. If you're if you're listening to the podcast, you get uh, like secret information before before everybody else. That's true. Speaking of the podcast this week, uh, we're going to be talking in a few minutes about which teams we think won the off season, um, and, and we'll talk about kind of what that means and, and the different teams and, and sort of how we feel. You know, their 2016 is going to shape up. 
Um, there's not a ton of news right now. It's kind of that that dead time where you know you see kind of little stuff happen, like like Johnny Gomes decides he's going to go play in Japan, and baseball teams are announcing their promo schedules, and you know there was the the uh, home run derby in the Caribbean, which is kind of fun because Vlad Guerrero was in it and he hit a home run, and but it's that kind of stuff. I mean, there, there's nothing. There's no like, oh my god, big breaking news going on right now. But as I say that, I'm sure that. You know, maybe if we check Twitter, Twitter, there'd be a trade right now. So I don't want to jinx us. That would be a welcome change in my mind. I'll I'll take a trade right now. I'll take a trade. I'll take a signing. I'll take anything. Miss baseball. I just want to finish the podcast first, man. All right, fine. <laughs> um. So let's 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 talk about winning the off season. Let's talk about what that means. I someone someone just IM me a, a tweet too, and it better not be a trade. So let's go see. I don't um, think it is. <laughs> anyway, to me, to win the offseason, uh, it, it's kind of like being the like most likely, most likely to succeed in your high school yearbook, right? Like it, It's kind of like that. Like, like okay, yeah, you won the offseason, great. But what does that actually mean? And I think in recent years, people, people seem to assign so much value to it. Like if you won the offseason and, and you don't go out and win – like, ah, oh, you suck, you're horrible, let's everyone look at you and laugh. But, I mean, I look at it more like, okay, that's just kind of what we've designated you. Like, you're the most likely to succeed, and then if you don't, like, oh, well, you know, I mean, you're only really shaming yourself. But, so so when I say who wins the offseason, I'm not looking at this as, you know, this team is necessarily going to win the World Series, or this team is even, you know, the most improved. It's more like they dominated the conversation. They are the team that, that made a lot of waves. And, you know, history has shown us that doesn't always work out. Like, there are plenty of teams who, quote-unquote, win the offseason and, you know, don't do much the next year or don't live up to the hype. Or, you know, in some ways, I mean, I don't know that the Nats won the offseason last year, but, I mean, they were in the conversation. And, you know, they just became a total mess. So, um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of baggage that I think comes with the idea of winning the offseason. And that that's kind of what makes it fun to me. But any team I pick, I just want to say, like that doesn't mean I think they're going to win the World Series. It just means that, you know, they they were fun to watch this off season. Those okay, are my well, two cents, Chris. This is interesting to me because I took a different approach. Um, I mean, to me, winning the off season is improving your team the most. So the way that we've kind of set up this argument is that I. We're going to pick three teams, and then we're going to discuss our winners. Is that correct? Yeah, well, we'll each, we'll each kind of talk about teams that are in the conversation. And so I just wonder if our two different ways of looking at it is going to lead to different teams. Because in my mind, there were, there were only four teams I was really considering. And so I have a sense that there's going to be a lot of overlap, even though we both use different methods. Yeah, well, I, and you know, I mean, I think that improving your team is important, but I also think right. that... You know, if you're out there making waves in the offseason, you're improving your team because you're not going out and signing like the worst guys, you know. And, and if you are, then, you know, like that's not the thing that we're going to talk about in a good way as yeah, you being, yeah. you know, winning the offseason. We'll talk about you losing the offseason, but we're not going to talk about you winning the offseason. So uh, I guess you want me to start? You want me to go first? We'll just do, we'll just trade off, I think. I think that yeah, work. that and, sounds great. And if I say your team, then you can just kind of add on why. But, um, I think the list starts with the Cubs, right? I mean, the Cubs went out and got Jason Hayward, who uh, one of the biggest free agents on the market. They got Ben Zobrist after 
what was at the time a pretty heated, um, you know, little sweepstakes for him. I think both team, both those guys, you know, helped their their offense and, and defense immensely. And uh, they added John Lackey to their rotation, which uh, I think not only kind of reunites him with some familiar people and some friends, and, and it's probably a good fit uh, as like a veteran, you know, in, in the clubhouse and in the rotation. But uh, you know, they they need they need starting pitching. They need another pitcher unless you want to live that Jason Hamill life um, again, which I mean, serviceable, but you kind of get scary seeing him in the postseason. So uh, I think I think Lackey was a good addition there. They they spent some money. They went big. They I think dominated the the conversation. Uh, they didn't do one of those things where they just kind of you know made a couple moves in the beginning and then laid quiet afterwards. <laughs> Boston Red Sox talking about you. Um, so I think the Cubs. I think the Cubs are, are you know an obvious uh, obvious choice, but um, that doesn't mean they're a bad choice. Yes, the Cubs are definitely one of my three teams for all the reasons you said. Although I disagree with you on the on the making moves early and then doing nothing because I completely kind of forgot about the Cubs initially when I was thinking about my my three teams, and then I was like, oh yeah, they made all those moves right around the winter meetings, and then that's kind of when everything stopped. So, well, I disagree right, but it's with not you like there. they just like the, the the Red Sox seem to always like do their thing in like November, and then we just don't that's hear true. from them again. That's so. true, and they did that last year too with yeah. Pablo and Hanley. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's what I mean. I mean, the, the Cubs at least felt like it was kind of spaced out, and you know, they, they made a move in. They made a move in like what was that late? Was it late December or, or January when they got Hayward? I don't even remember anymore. But I mean, you know, like they felt like it was it was more than just like a week of them doing a flurry of signings, right? Okay, so we both agree on that one. Uh, my next one would be the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I, I, clearly, I, Zach Greinke. I would agree there too. So go, go ahead, though. Zach Greinke shocked everybody by signing a huge deal with them, and at that point, you weren't really sure what direction they were going in, and then suddenly, they traded their entire farm system for Shelby Miller uh, <laughs> at the when we were at the winter meetings. That yep, was yep. that was kind of our most crazy day, and then they recently just picked up Gene Segura from the Brewers, which uh, not as big of a move, but still kind of showing their willingness to embrace this all-in approach. And so I feel like they they fit the bill on both ends, and that's probably why we both picked them. Um, they've improved their team quite a bit in my mind, and they definitely dominated a lot of the offseason talk, which which probably fueled a lot of your decision making. And I, I think with the Diamondbacks, though, you know, with them, they they become that team now that everyone is going to watch immensely, and I think in some way hope that they fail or or expecting to see them fail, or or when they do, you know, get off to a slow start or something like that, they're gonna be like, ha ha, I told you. I told you, Diamondbacks, Dave Stewart, you and your old school ways, you know. So I, I think they're definitely going to have that kind of thing. And and even if you take the analytics part of it, that I mean, it's kind of the same thing as the Nats last year, where um, you know I think a lot of people wanted the Nats to, to fail just because, like, if you're if you're looked at as a team that that you know is, is a favorite or is expected to do well, like people just take take joy in, in seeing you fail. So. Um, I think more than anything, though, you know, they had that going for them, but they do have question marks. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think they're a team like the Nats in the comparison I just made, where we look at them and say, "Oh yeah, they're they're totally favorites to go to the World Series." I mean, they're I would say, you know, could conceivably still finish third in their division. So uh, I think they're going to be a really interesting team to watch. But I mean, if you're looking at 
kind of the splashy moves and the fact that not a lot of people expected them to make those moves. I think that's kind of what makes them the interesting yeah. team. And it's, it's almost kind of like the White Sox last year, you know, where the White Sox just seemed like they just kept kind of having like, oh, they're doing that too, and they're doing this. And um, and it, some, some of it was surprising. So I would say for the for the sake of Diamondbacks fans, you better hope they don't end up like the, the White Sox of 2015, though, right, Chris? Or the Padres. Oh, the Padres too. The yeah, Padres I mean, they, were, the Padres are a good comparison. Yeah. Uh, all right, what's what's your so we, third we, team? Yeah, so we agree on two there. So uh, my third team would be the Giants. And, uh, you know, I mentioned okay. that the Diamondbacks are going to have a hard time in their division. And it's because the Giants went out and they spent some money, man. Um, the Giants spent the most money uh, out of anybody in baseball this offseason. And uh, that, that's all around. So not just free agents, but, you know, they, they signed Brandon Crawford to a big extension. Uh, they, they gave Johnny Cueto a bunch of money. They gave Jeff Samarja a bunch of money. Um, they started not, they signed an arts band. So the giants went out and I think they made a lot of moves, but the difference with them is like, you know, I, th- I feel like they, they always make smart moves and they're, you know, you could, you could say like Cueto, maybe they overpaid or some March, maybe they overpaid, but you know, they go out and they kind of address their needs and, you know, get the players that fit their needs. And, and it seems like they have a plan in mind. So, um, it doesn't seem as sort of seat of your pants, maybe as, as other teams might do sometimes. So um, maybe the Giants aren't going to be the team that quote unquote wins the off season, but you know I, I think they are like a, a second runner up in that conversation. The Giants were my fourth team, Ooh. so my third team was the Boston Red Sox. Oh. I, I, I see. I my okay. So my fourth team was the Tigers. Let's put that out there. Oh, Ti- you all know, right. Tigers made some bold moves, man. They did. Uh, I think what separated the Red Sox from the Giants, to me, uh, was that the Red Sox got a few more sure things. So David Price, Craig Kimbrell, love those guys. They're definitely going to produce. Carson Smith, I I think people don't really know as much about, but he had a pretty excellent season. Um, You know that those guys are going to put up excellent numbers. On the Giants' end, like you said, there's reason to be concerned about Cueto and Samarja and Spans coming off the injury. Uh, even though I, I love what the Giants did, I, I really think they've put themselves in a great position. I think the Red Sox are much better than they were last October, and so under that criteria, I would take them over the Giants. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if we're looking at like how much did you improve your team by? Because the Red Sox obviously were starting at a at a lower place. Exactly, exactly. Um, but again, to me, it's winning the off season. It's not it's not who improved their team the most. It's who won the off season. And as I well, said, they're, well, they're, Mike, who who won the off season, Mike? Let me get to my segue, Chris. <laughs> Fine. So I feel like. In order to be the team that quote unquote wins the off season, I feel like the you know the narrative is a part of that, and not just like the metrics and the money. And so I'm going with the Diamondbacks. I feel like the the Diamondbacks as a team that surprised us, that came out of nowhere, that has that holy crap they just signed Jack Greinke out of nowhere type moment. Um, wow, they pulled off that trade to get Shelby Miller, and it was bold, and it was interesting, and it was exciting. And it made everybody notice. And, you know, they, they might not have improved their team as much as the Red Sox did or the Giants will or, you know, even the Tigers or whoever. When, when it's all said and done, who knows? I mean, maybe they're finished in the same place. 
but they were bold. They went after it, and to me, that makes you the team that wins the offseason. Uh, sadly, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to pick the Cubs. No, I mean, the Cubs are a very obvious choice, but I think the the other part of it and, and what helps this argument is that everyone knew the Cubs were going to be good before they did all this. People looked at the Diamondbacks and just kind of shrugged. I mean, they kind of they surprisingly won more games than you would think last season, but, you know, they're the Diamondbacks, so nobody's really paying attention to that. The Cubs, they win close to 100 games, and everybody's all over them. So, let's see, last season, Diamondbacks won 79 games, close enough to 500. Uh, people probably wouldn't realize that, and so to see them do it and really try and push to make the playoffs, I just think, like you said, the surprise factor really pushes them over the edge for me. Got to maximize that Paul Goldschmidt window, right? Exactly. And, and you know, I think part of it is a lot of the moves were also panned. Mm-hmm. So, so there's also this contingent of people who want to hate on Dave Stewart. And I think some of that is totally justified. But I already, that also, I already said that, Chris. I know, but that also adds to the whole thing is that... I said that too. Suddenly you have people rooting against the Diamondbacks because you disagree with the moves their GM made. Yeah, man. Fangraphs is going to be ready to just like have that guy fired, probably if they, if they start slow, huh? Basically, I went from not caring at all about the Diamondbacks to caring quite a bit about how they performed this season, and so that's it. That's why they win the offseason. Hey, Diamondbacks, winners of the offseason... But again, it's, you know, what does it actually mean? And Nothing. That's, that's what means, we have to see, and that's what we have to see right? Like, like I mean, the, I'm sure everybody in Arizona would be like, yeah, it's great. But until we win the NL West, you know, that's what matters. So It, don't, it seems more like a curse than anything to win the offseason. You know, you know what doesn't seem like a curse? I think you're going to tell me. Eating it up with the yard goats? Yeah. <laughs> Let's play that song. Let's do it. And we'll come back with, with Bad News Ramen, and then we'll do some important questions. This is the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports. Eat it up, eat it up, the hard fun yard goes. Eat it up, eat it up, eat up the good times, eat up the fun. The hard fun yard goes, we're number one. Come on out with your family, come on out with your friends. Yard goes baseball, the fun never ends. We're back on the stew pod. Got to welcome in my man, Bad News Ramen, for another installment of Three Strikes. What is happening? You know, Mike Oz, I got to ask you, what's causing all this? I don't think it was causing all this. It's Bad News Ramen with this Three Strikes to segment. You oh. got you to you help me along a little bit, dude, because I've been uh, I've been struggling in stride driving to San Francisco at 4 o'clock in the morning and doing 10-hour days. So if my... Uh, if my uh, see, I, I can't even think. I'm so tired, dude. If you see my Peyton Manning I, out there, I have uh, actually, you know, there, there was there was a, a a time during the day where there's like a really bright light, and it was like kind of like a mirror reflecting, you know, when the sun hits it, mm-hmm. and and I, I would have swore that was Peyton Manning's uh, big old forehead. <laughs> so and let's let's also note for anybody who doesn't, you know, know like the the Super Bowls in Santa Clara and not San Francisco, and those are actually not close to each other, so. 
but yeah, the people are going, people are going all crazy. You know, the, the, in my line of work, I feel like this is like a, an old, uh, the, the killer, uh, movie or Raekwon, uh, segment of uh, is uh, only built for Cuban links, but I have to go to San Francisco because there's a, you know, all the priorities are up in San Francisco, the Super Bowl city. And, uh, I actually talked to a cop in San Francisco and he didn't pull me over or, or like arrest me. You know, I wasn't used to that. I was, he was like actually really cordial. I was like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know police officers could be so nice. So, because uh, he heard you on the stew pod, man. He's like, that's a, that's a fine, upstanding person right there. He's like, hey, that's bad news, ramen. Then he was like, oh, I think I think you're actually good news, Mr. Ramen. You are not bad news. Good news. And he shook my hand, and I, I showed him my key. Let me touch his keys and stuff. So yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> so now now I'm all hyped up. So you, you did you did do your job as a hype. Got you got you set, man. What's strike number one? So strike number hit him one. with strike number one. See, there you I'm go, there it, you yeah. go, big. I'm I'm feeling them. I'm, I'm working ready. on it. I'm working on I'm, it. I'm ready to spit some verbs real fast. Um. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, uh, Matt Harvey, and he was on a uh, a New York uh, TV show or whatever it was, and it was called uh, like Hardly Harvey, and it's kind of funny because they were talking about um, topics that came up were like what Mets have the biggest genitalia, and he kind of sized up that question. Uh, he kind of revealed some things about his uh, his nightly <laughs> inter- intercourses <laughs> and stuff, and uh, talking about three ways and this, that, and this, and. Uh, here's the thing about Harvey's like, I'm, I'm not going to talk so much about what he has supposedly done or did. I mean, if, if, if he's been involved with that, uh, it's more of a case of like, you know, I'm like, man, Harvey, like, I like to shake your hand, but wash your hands first, but I'll still shake your <laughs> hand. Um, but it, you know, there, there, there is going to be some backlash and, and Harvey's one of those guys that have gotten a, a lot of backlash before because he's a very honest person. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of like a catch 22 because everybody for the most part that, follow sports figures they, they always kind of like oh this guy really doesn't say anything uh you know it's really kind of cookie cutter questions to answers that he gets asked and harvey's one of those guys that he just puts it all out there and for anybody that that is upset about what he said or um how he conducts himself like you know because even people like oh he's a prima donna he's a diva or whatever like that the guy's real right i mean i'd, I'd rather get a guy that makes mistakes or faux pas um, while he's getting interviewed because he's being honest. Uh, I really appreciate honest people, especially when I've had to interview people and they've, you know, they actually had a guy one time told me, he says, uh, we take it one game at a time. And I was, and I just dropped my pad and I was just like, are you serious right now? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to write that. So here's, here's what I'll say about Matt Harvey, man. When, when he was coming up, everyone kind of pegged him as being like the next Jeter in the sense, like he would be the King of New York or whatever. But I think I think he's become basically like the anti-Jeter. Like like he is not concerned with you know kind of the the cookie cutter answer and and being perfectly safe and and all that stuff. Like he'll he'll straight up tell you and he'll he'll talk about his exploits and he'll you know make say things that make management upset and uncomfortable. And um, as someone who likes chaos and anarchy, I, I think it's amusing. I do have to correct you just for the record here. And, I shouldn't even know this, and you shouldn't know this, so it's not a um, diss on you, but he was on Bravo. My wife loves that station. He was on the show called Watch What Happens Live. The segment they did was, was what you said, so you were kind of right, but I just want to set the record straight and oh, also call York, myself right? out for knowing Bravo. So Yeah, you, you, how you were kind of how you're forced to watch. And you probably watched like the home redesign I, shows I and didn't stuff. Even, and... I didn't even watch it, man. I just know that's what show he was on. Uh, he's, he's kind of, you know, he talked about Jeter and, uh, you know, and that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, Jeter, Jeter is one of those few guys that can toe the line and, and people love him even, even more for it. Yeah. Um, but not everybody can do that. And, and I think, uh, 
when you have like a big sports figure like that, so or a guy that kind of comes comes out nails uh, in his rookie season and just starts dominating the league, uh, you're, you kind of expect him to kind of fit that role. Like I know like PR departments and uh, people that want to have him, you know, sponsor their stuff. They want a guy like that. So it's very refreshing for 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 Harvey just to say, you know, what, I'm, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to have fun while I'm doing it. And it's kind of like the same thing with um, who is a who is that that big Giants closer with the big old beard and stuff? Um, Rod Beck? No, not Rod. Oh, Beck. Brian Wilson? Yeah, Rod, Rod Beck. No, Rod <laughs> like Beck. Rod Beck. He, he, he had the stash going. But like you said, Wilson, right? Yeah, Brian Wilson. Yeah. So and that's that's where you can ding me on that because I I, I had a I had a mental breakdown. But you know, keep in mind, you know, 10, 11 hour days. Um, but yeah, you know, and that's like kind of the whole thing. Like Wilson could say what he wanted to say because he could back it up. And Harvey's at a point of his career where he can back up anything that he says. He can say whatever he wants to say. And uh, it is, it, I think, it's actually pretty good for baseball. I mean, baseball needs to have uh, not characters, but people that are real unto themselves and put it all out there. And I mean, the whole thing is like you're going to watch a Matt Harvey start no matter what because the guy's just dominating. And it's nice to have kind of the background that this guy says what he wants to say he does what he wants to do and you know his career course is going to go you know it's not it, this probably won't work if he's you know if he pitches like cole hamels you know in the future but um for now yeah well, you like that huh but for now you know it works so uh, let's go ahead and get into well, strike number two there you go oh you can go oh yeah come oh, on <laughs> what bring it <laughs> drop it on the one <laughs> uh strike number two uh, this was a uh, Jeff Passan story, and uh, it, it's kind of funny that Passan has a, a ton of haters uh, whenever he writes a story. because And they try to find, like, things that aren't even, like, you know, like, oh, Passan thinks this, Passan thinks that. It's like, no, he's like, he's just he's just reporting. And you, you've even been associated with that. It's like, oh, my God, this is nothing but, you know, Passan's, you know, choir boy or whatever it is. Um, but he wrote that uh, the Yankees are eyeing Bryce Harper in two years uh, and they're freeing up cap space for him. Uh, you know, so it's a possibility that Bryce Harper could land in New York, which, you know, which, which would be, you know, kind of, the, you know, as much hoopla as Matt Harvey has right now. But the thing that struck me about this story was that Bryce Harper's looking like to break the bank. Like it's going to take like a $400 million deal or a $500 million deal. And I, I hope that, by the time Bryce Harper is eligible for free agency, there there might be a little bit of a financial downturn in baseball just because we've done this before, right? I mean, we've done this with A-Rod. A-Rod got the 200, I don't know if it was 200 or 250 million dollar deal. 250, yeah. I think. See, I see I see I was as I was at 250. So, you know, the the 10 hours is uh the 10 hours is kind of paying off there. Um but yeah, but we we've done this and it it doesn't make any sense, you know, it didn't make any sense back then for A-Rod to get that deal. Uh he ended up going to the Yankees and uh the Rangers help pay for his salary. Uh, I just think, you you know, I don't think any player is worth $400 million. I mean, you better be hitting like, you better have like Ken Griffey Jr. home run baseball video game numbers or whatever it is in, in order for that to happen. You better have like Norcus type numbers <laughs> where the guy's going to hit like 650, uh, hits 80 home runs and has 250 RBI. I mean, no guy. Though, man, if the Yankees sign Bryce Harper, they're selling a million dollars in, in jerseys. First two weeks, man. You know the, the first weeks, and, and I, I wouldn't buy one. But and I'm a huge Yankees fan. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the other thing too. Is like you know with the Yankees, you know the Yankees, you know people tend to forget for the most part that the Yankees became really successful in the '90s because they had a lot of homegrown talent, and then they were able to bring in 
certain big free agents. And I think, you know, the, the last World Series they won was because they, they bought a ton of free agents. A-Rod was uh, specifically one of them. But, you know, as, as much as the Yankees have spent, and you go from like the 1980s on, like they've always spent money on, on big name people. Um, but it has to be like the right person. I think Reggie Jackson was, was, was definitely the right type of uh, uh, player at that time because of just how good he was. I don't know if, I don't know if Bryce is like that. I mean, I, I know Bryce can get hot for two, three weeks, and you're sitting there going like, "Man, this guy's unstoppable." But he he has his lows as well. I mean, He's 22, I, man. No, I, I'm 22. not. I'm not. I, I, I'm not. There's no hate. I, I have not said any hate about Bryce Harper. I, mean, you know, I, I, I think I think put, the money comes. On me. I think the money comes in this sense. He's going to be 24, 25 years old. They're going to sign him for, you know, 10 years or 12 years, and that's that's part of the reason it's going to be that much money. I mean, because you're you're talking about that many years. He's going to be that young. It's going to be most of his prime. Um, you know, the kid is still four or five years away from being in the prime. So if, if the Yankees are, are buying it like, hey, we're not getting this guy at 28, 29, 30, we're getting him at 24, 25, then I think they'll be willing to pay up. Yeah, if he's if he's 26 years old, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be against the deal. I just, it's just kind of the whole, I, I you can't wrap your head around 400 million. I mean, just think about that, like 400 million to hit a ball and uh, catch a ball. And yeah, you know, they're going to make a big splash if he lands in New York. I mean, I think that's a perfect place for him if, if you want to, you know, have him go down as one of the best ever. But it, at the same time, it's going to handcuff you in a lot of different ways. And it's time and time again, it shows the good baseball. Take a look at the Kansas City Royals, right? They're a good baseball team from top to bottom, whether it's your bullpen, whether it's your bench, uh, whether it's your starting lineup. So I just feel that – I just feel I, – I hate when people say, I just feel that. Well, let me just tell you the way that I feel. Um it, there's a lot of other things to it, and what what I would suggest to the Yankees, with me being a Yankees fan, is that you know get your homegrown talent, and they have some guys there. I mean, Bird did get he's out for the season, but uh, there's a ton, like Batons is, is could be a guy that you know can be a closer for the next 10, 15 years. So work everything out, right? I mean, don't take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it's like are you trying to win the World Series or are you trying to win the media and revenue market? And I think the Yankees say they like winning the world series but at the same time they need to be relevant and they're going to be irrelevant for the next two years and it's going to be kind of funny to see like how many really true yankee fans there are um but the 400 million if, if he gets paid 400 million more power to him i just i just don't think it's a good recipe for anything and what you need to look at and draw comparisons to is the a-rod deal for uh for the texas rangers well i think we're going to be talking about this one for a few years obviously till, till it comes to pass every, every single uh, podcast we're going to talk about it right what's strike number three Strike number three is going to be about, uh, you know, the good old fat boy, uh, Johnny Gomes, is going to Japan. And uh, I remember I saw Johnny Gomes, there was a fight in Tampa Bay a couple years ago, and I was like, damn, like, that guy got, it was like, it was like a Tribe Called Quest uh, uh, song, right? I was like, damn, Gomes, he got fat, you know? So I, I'm just, uh, I, I can't help draw the comparison. And, and I think, like, Johnny Gomes sat on the guy during the fight, and the fight pretty much ended after that. But um, it'll be very interesting to, to you know, they should make a movie. You know, they should make Mr. Baseball 2. And the first Mr. Baseball was with Tom Selleck, and he goes to Japan. And he actually he played for the Yankees. And uh, he had to adjust to the Japanese way of life. And the only reason why uh, his team in Japan won was because he made uh, his Japanese team an American team. Which really, if you kind of look at that story, you know, they started playing American style baseball and they're able to run rough shot all over the league and it's kind of like you know it's like that's like probably the u.s at its finest right it's like it it doesn't work unless you do it the american way and when this movie was made uh japan was kind of like china is now and everybody thought that japan was going to take over the world because they had a ton of money so there's a lot of kind of 
Japanese fearism, if that's even a word in, in the U.S. And so it took Tom Selleck uh, riding in on this golden mustache to uh, to show that uh, the only way you can be successful is to uh, be an American and play American-style baseball. But I really want to see Johnny Gomes, like, sit on that urinal. You know, you have to sit down to go to the bathroom and stuff. And, yeah. um, I mean, I don't want to see it, but I want to – I want to <laughs> I, 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 I – laugh at the situation that that it is and maybe uh maybe his his japanese manager can teach him how to hit again and he can you know hit cur- hit you know hit curveball and maybe he can he can spit on the field and all the japanese people will get mad because the field's holy ground and uh it would be like the you know mr baseball 2 starring johnny gomes and that is a ticket that i would buy to to well, watch nowadays i mean it has to be a reality show right i mean you'd have to do the weekly you would do maybe uh like hard knocks, like what they do with the NFL, but just with Johnny Gomes. Like it would just be Johnny, you know, Johnny takes Japan or whatever. I'd watch it. Thanks. After all that big old setup, you just, you just I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, you're doing. Who, who's had ten hours of 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 of, uh, of working here? Has it been actually? You know, you you work actually pretty hard. So I, I would. Hey man, I'm on. I'm on like three hours of sleep. So yeah, so am I. <laughs> Where's the violin at, dude? I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You I mean you know. Because you're watching too much Bravo with your wife. Ty- hey, now, that was, that was a good. That was actually a good, good ending, though. So you like that? Yeah. I'll, I'll nice you, segue. Huh? I, will give, I will give you props for that. I think. Just, uh, I think. And just remember who's who's and and who's called, causing all this. You know who said that? Who's causing all this? No. If if I mean, just take a wild guess. If I if I go, who's causing all this? And and who do I usually like emulate during probably this? Probably Ric Flair. Ah, he did say it, but it wasn't it wasn't originated that way. So that's that's homework for you to do and and for. Uh, the millions and millions of the StuPods fans to uh, to figure out who actually coined that phrase. I'll do my homework and we'll talk about it next week. Sounds good. Three strikes once again. This has been the StuPod. Thank you, Bad News Ramen. We'll be right back with more of the podcast. Back on the stew pod. Thanks to Bad News Ramen for joining us as he does each week. Chris, uh, it's time for important questions, which is generally the wackiest portion of the show. Um, sometimes it's not about baseball at all. And this week, I, I have I at least have a couple baseball questions. I think you might. I do, but they are not they are not serious baseball questions. So sure. I'll start because mine are just kind of dumb and quick and, and goofy. But um, okay. I was reading uh, um, the Reddit did a AMA with uh, Lana Berry yesterday. And there was a question somebody asked her that I thought was so great I had to tell you. Are you ready? <laughs> yep, let's do it. Okay. Uh, this is, I have to credit the Reddit user, Don't Give Up the Dip, who has a Cardinals logo um, as his avatar. Would you rather fight one Bartolo Colon-sized Jose Altuve or 100 <laughs> Jose Altuve-sized Bartolo Colones? It's an excellent question, and I think the answer is obviously the one Bartolo Colon-sized Jose Altuve. Yeah, I mean, we, we, don't know, we don't know so much about the, you know, actual um, skill set of that. Uh, that has a big Jose Altuve. Like, like it'd be pretty scary if he is as big as Bartolo Colon, but has Altuve's speed still. 
Like, that's know? true. I would assume that, that some of that drops off. You don't know. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you don't want to fight out. You don't want to be one versus 100. You always want one versus one. Exactly. And and although the idea of 100 little um, Bartolo Colones, if nothing else, is a great video game and someone should make it. Like like Bartolo Blast or something that like you just go around just blasting Bartolos. True. I, I mean, I well, would... yeah, I mean, the, the other problem on my end is I'm probably as tall as Jose Altuve. So fighting a hundred people my size, there's no. I'm getting no advantage there. Yeah, like regular size Jose, Jose Altuve, <laughs> I'm sure could beat you up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. So now you're just there's a hundred of them. So no. <laughs> I take my chances with the one guy. Um. Vlad was in that home run derby that I talked about at the start of the show. Yes. So I wanted to see if you could take two players. Um, let, let's, let's narrow this a little bit and say like two players from the nineties forward and, and put them in a, put them in a home run derby, like right now, tomorrow for everybody to watch. Who would you pick? One-on-one home run derby. Well, I mean, isn't Bonds is an obvious answer, right? You have to go with Barry Bonds. Okay. And? Barry Bonds and I don't know. I'm leaning towards Mark McGuire. You 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 yeah, I mean I guess I guess that's that's fun. I just remember the home run derby he participated in where it seemed like he was hitting balls six hundred and thirty feet. So, wh- who are your two? Since it uh, sounds like you're Barry judging. Bonds and Bartolo Colon, of course. Oh, all right, excellent. That's <laughs> no, good. I w- I would go. <laughs> I I honestly I would go. Uh, I would want to see Barry Bonds and Bryce Harper. Okay. Uh, yeah, good. I was thinking Giancarlo Stanton. That'd be good too. But uh, I don't know. I, I'd still like to see Big Mac hit some dingers. Well, maybe when the Padres play the Marlins this year, right? Maybe they can set that up. I think they should do that pregame. Yeah, they should. They should actually do that every time they play. It'd be a good way to draw fans to Marlins Park. Yeah, and then they could put you and then someone else and have a foursome. I don't but, think. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. For anybody who doesn't know that pass joke, on that. Um, the Marlins tweeted about wanting their fans to get in a foursome with players. Go read the post on Big League Stew. I made some dumb jokes. and They were talking about golf, but it didn't come off that way. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, me, Chris, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire. That's a foursome. Excellent. <laughs> What's your important question, Chris? All now right, that, now that I've made this incredibly awkward. You ready for this? Yeah. It's topical, too, because this week the series American Crime Story premiered. Are you, are you aware of this? The O.J. Simpson? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a mini-series focusing on the whole O.J. Simpson trial. And that got me thinking about a, what would be the equivalent in baseball. And so I asked you that right before the podcast, mm-hmm. and you'd said probably PEDs. So I agree with you. I think it is PEDs. And if American Crime Story were to do, if season two were to be about baseball, I feel like they would choose the whole PED saga and scandal. So my important question... This is really complicated, Chris. It's more of a game. (laughs) Is that you have to cast some of the prominent figures in American Crime Story season two, MLB's PED scandal. Oh. So... I figure at the top, you, you've you got Bud Selig, okay? 
who's playing Bud Selig? Larry he... King. Larry King. Wow. That was fast. <laughs> Topical also with the show. All right, who else that you got? Really excellent. Okay, I didn't I didn't anticipate that. I think you probably have to cast Barry Bonds, right? Uh yeah, Barry Bonds could be Well, which Barry Bonds? Like like steroid Barry Bonds or like skinny Barry Bonds? It would be Barry Bonds at the time of the the hearings. Uh, Terry Crews. Terry Crews, that's good too. Oh, you're you are killing this game. Uh, Roger Clemens would probably have to be cast. Uh, Roger Clemens could be. Let's come back to Roger Clemens. Come back. I'll, I'll think of something. Uh, and then I I don't know. I was kind of leaving it open. Jason Street from oh. Friday Night Lights. Whoever he is. <laughs> Jason Street. All right. <laughs> Whatever that guy's name is. And then I don't know. I I kind of ran out of ideas there. I mean, we can Sammy keep Sosa, players. Sammy yeah, Sosa, you could, um, do Sosa. You could do McGuire. Um, who would be Sammy Sosa? You could do Andy Pettit. Yeah, Andy Pettit would be good. I, I think this. I think twice and twice now, Chris. I think you've come to me with like a, a a post you should do. You should go and or we should do it. We should we should actually do a blog post on this. I I have a pick for Sammy Sosa. Who's your Sammy Sosa? It's uh Dennis Haysbert, who you might remember from Come on. Uh, like 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 I don't know Dennis Major Haysbert. League. Come on. I'm letting I'm not look, I'm not insulting your intelligence. Okay. I'm insulting the listener's <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> I know me some Pedro Serrano and President David Palmer. Let's let's so there just you go. keep it real here. There's um, my Sosa, although he might be a little old for Sosa, but current current Sammy Sosa looks like um the uncle from the from the Adams family, but that's not what we want. We want like <laughs> no, we don't want that Jer- Jerry Curl, like muscular Sammy Sosa. Um, you could probably put a Jerry Curl. You could probably get one of the guys from Straight Outta Compton and just keep their Jerry Curl. Like just just hold on to the Jerry Curl, dude. Bulk True. up and come True. be Sammy Sosa. And then my my pick for Mark McGuire is Wreck It Ralph. Just, just take Wreck It Ralph from the movie, and he'll just be Mark McGuire. Is um, the guy who was who was like Sid in wrestling, Psycho Sid or Sid Vicious or Sid Justice or all those various names? He could be Mark McGuire. He kind of looked like that. Let's see. Uh, he probably. I don't know. I think he's probably I, around. I don't know. I'm doing some googling, and I feel like I'm I'm looking up the wrong person. He probably doesn't look like that anymore. You need somebody with a little bit of a. Like a, a, a red mullet, you know, you need, but you need like a big old. That's true. Ripped muscles. I bet you there's some, I bet you there's some UFC fighter that we don't even know. That would be a really good Mark McGuire. So, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm going to write this up at some point. It's <laughs> a really good I idea, really Chris. Like I think this you idea. should. I know, I know. I think you should. Um, so, when I do write it up, maybe some of the choices will be different. Well, Larry maybe. King and Bud Selig, I mean, you got to do that one, right? I know that one's really great. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try and come up with maybe some some alternates in case Larry King backs out for a bigger project. <laughs> and I think Terry Crews is really good. <laughs> Terry Crews is really good. And and you could probably cast him. You'd probably do it too. That that's one other good thing about it. I don't know. I feel like I'd love to work Dwayne the Rock Johnson in there. Big fan of that guy. The Rock could be. Um, uh, who has eyebrows? Who who has eyebrows? I don't know. Cespedes has the best eyebrows, but he wasn't around back then. No. Um, 
Yeah, the rock would. The, you got to maybe you just write in a part for the rock, or, or or he's somebody we don't know what he looks like. You know, he's he's random. Uh, he's one of the senators. No, he's like or random something. steroid salesman. Like look at, or he's like look at this guy. <laughs> oh, look how yeah. look how big he is. All right, that you, works for me. Well, you yeah, need, you need sure Bond's that, trainer too. You need him. Right. I don't, I don't I remember what that guy. Say, I'm like. sure we left out some some big names, but yeah, yeah, that's okay. I think we did well here. I think we did too. Uh, hopefully. This has kept you entertained, StuPod family. And if you have if you have any suggestions, feel free to tweet them at us because that's always fun. Absolutely. Uh, I think we're done. This has been the StuPod. Thanks for checking us out. Chris, tell the people what they need to do. You need to go on iTunes and rate and review our podcast. Give us five stars and write a little note to us letting us know what you like and maybe what you think we can improve, and we will take those suggestions to heart. And it probably helps us as far as iTunes is concerned. So if you enjoy our podcast and want us to do better, uh, just drop us a little note. Yep, you should definitely do that. And I didn't sing the rate and review song, so I'm sorry, but I played the I played the Yard Goat song for you guys. That's true. Well, I forgive you. Yeah. I don't know that the listeners will forgive you, but I do. Oh, I forgot the other important question I was going to ask you. Do you want to you want to trudge on or you want to save it? Since are both in the news this week, Chris, if you had to spend a day with either um, that Martin Shkreli guy, oh god, or Ted Cruz, who would it be? Uh, that's awful, Ted right? Cruz. <laughs> I think Ted Cruz is my answer. Okay, that's a good answer. I think I might hang out with the other guy just because I think you could probably write a book out of it. I could probably write a whole book out of one day with that guy. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. That, that, that's it. I just wanted to not forget that. Great. Way to depress me. <laughs> this has been the Stupod. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.